Known as Siam until 1939, the Kingdom of Thailand is a constitutional monarchy and is the world's largest exporter of rice. Thailand has approximately 1,430 islands and used to be referred to as Venice of the East because of all the waterways in Bangkok which are now filled in as streets. I spoke with my friend Candy who shared that she feels the conflict comes from the differences between the youth and the older generation. She explained that in Thailand, gender equality is one of the main issues she would like to see changed, and it has been deeply rooted in history, but she is hopeful that the younger generation will continue looking to the future with new ideas and values. Candy explained that she feels people think of Thailand as less modernized, but they would be very surprised to see how modern the capital city, Bangkok, really is. And I feel like a lot of people, when they hear about Thailand, they kind of immediately think that it's not that modernized. But I feel like it actually is quite modernized. Like some parts, some parts of the country are less modern and more traditional. But there are a lot of parts that are pretty modern in terms of architecture and everything. Oh yeah, I've heard Bangkok yeah. is beautiful. Hello everybody, you are listening to Evan Worldwide. On this podcast, I'm going to take you on a journey around the world. You will hear young people's perspectives on culture, conflict, and cuisine. So let's go. My nickname is Candy and I'm from Bangkok, Thailand. I'm 17. Would you say there's a lot of conflict in Thailand? I think there is because of the generation gap. The young generation, they have a lot of conflicting views to like the older generation. So I think that's where the conflict usually stems from. Some issues like political issues and things about the monarchy and stuff. It's a bit conflicting between the generations. Is it that the younger generation doesn't really want there to be a monarchy or like and the older generation thinks that that's the case yeah that's mainly the case so the younger generation usually believes in more like democracy and stuff whereas the older generation prefers to stick with what's been rooted historically and they don't want things to change so that's mainly where the conflict stems from so you'd say that it's more political conflict yeah political conflict is the big thing but personally i'm not that involved in that conflict specifically but it's just on the news a lot lately and people have been talking about it a lot okay what type of conflict are you involved in like more knowledgeable on uh mostly gender equality i think within thailand because like within asian countries there's this kind of social stereotype that men are just like more superior to women and that's just it's just been um, that way for a really long time so it's really deeply rooted in history so with the younger generation being more like outspoken and nowadays they're kind of showing more of these ideas forward-looking ideas there are some conflicts around those topics as well so you would say that overall like the biggest conflicts are in regards to gender inequality and the monarch yeah so i think for gender inequality there are actually a lot of females that are in like higher positions within business and stuff but because it's been deeply rooted in kind of our tradition that women have to behave in a certain way and let kind of men take the lead i think it's harder for women to step up and take on the roles with more confidence i think that's more of the issue because they do have opportunities to kind of step into larger roles but there's this stereotype that they have to 
like let the men lead more. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something we have to work towards as a country. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be my next question is what social issues are most prevalent in Thailand? So like, I guess sexism from yeah. what you've been saying, sexism is a huge part. What about like racism or homophobia? I think homophobia is another one. But then again, people are, I think people are a lot more open now. I think because of social media and how people have been creating lots of platforms and kind of sharing things more with one another, with different protests that are going on, um, the younger generation are a lot more aware of these topics and we're becoming more globalized. So I think, I think people are definitely becoming more forward looking. It's lessening. Well, that's good to hear. Actually, another problem that I just thought of is about like the social gap. There's a lot of people in poverty. And what's really big is that there's a wide social gap and it's widening every day. Less privileged people are getting left behind. I think that's another like big problem. And do you think that comes from the Thai economy? Is the economy not the strongest? I think the economy is doing okay, but mostly it's people who are in positions of power who are getting like benefits from the economy, whereas less privileged people there's like this ongoing cycle of how like privileged people just continue being more privileged so benefits from the economy will go to them and the cycle kind of continues so the social gap widens every day going back to social issues is racism not really a big problem in thailand i think people for when there were like western people coming to thailand they kind of like it like especially when thai people they see like people with caucasian features or like white people they'll kind of uplift them a lot more that's like a thing there are a lot of halfies here who are like half half white half thai and they'll kind of be the beauty stereotype for thai people so thai people will be like they'll like them a lot more so there's no racism towards that and there are a lot of asians here so would you say that like is there a white privilege in thailand i think so i feel like it's a beauty stereotype but then like i wouldn't necessarily say it would be privilege for them if they were to live here it's kind kind of like sometimes they can get taken advantage of in terms of like the economy so like if you Um, say that you're a tourist or something they'll charge you more and like things like that or like if they see that you're not high or not Asian they'll charge you more and stuff so I don't (laughs) think they're privileged in that sense but I think they'll be appreciated okay okay you know it's kind of funny to think this might be yeah funny to think about for you (laughs) no no it is I have pretty fair skin I'd say I mean, I know it's not Thailand, but in 2019, I went to China and so many people would take pictures of me. It's like, yeah, I, it's oh my God, thing. who are you? You're not, I've never seen you before. They'll think you're like a celebrity, I think. <laughs> do you think there's a shift in perspective in young people or do young people still believe that these social issues are valid? There's definitely a shift in perspective, especially in my like international school community. We've been like educated about these things since we got to school pretty much. So this idea of like diversity and inclusion has been really big and now all over social media there's so many more like awareness platforms like I have one myself with my friends and a lot of clubs at school focus on these issues so there's a lot of sharing of this kind of raising awareness I don't know if you've seen but like these posts that people usually make sometimes they make news posts or like raising awareness about different issues and people share them and they get across really quickly that's awesome do you keep up with politics and government in Thailand um I don't really 
really, but my parents do. So whenever my parents talk about it at the dinner table, then that's when I'll learn about things. But then again, a lot of people post about it now. So I keep coming back to social media, but I think it's just very like prominent. <laughs> and a lot of people post about it. They'll post little kind of summaries about government issues that are going on. And it's just easier to absorb like, for the younger generation. But I guess my main thing is that I'm just curious, talking to other people from different countries and learning about how they get information, do you see like any noticeable censorship while looking at like different news sources in in your country? I think they do, but like I don't read a lot of news, so I'm not super sure, but I'm pretty sure that the government screens things before it gets posted. Like sometimes they're COVID like statistics and sometimes they're not that believable. Like me and my parents discuss it sometimes and my friends as well, that like the numbers shouldn't be this stable or like not going up at all. So sometimes we think that things are being bent, but like we don't know for sure. Yeah, definitely. So this next question, do you have a lot of friends from different countries or like have you met a lot of people from different countries? Definitely. Within my class, I think my school in particular, it's like a British international school. They try not to accept that many Thai students. Like they they kind of want to be a school for the different diplomats and kind of people from different countries. And it's been around for like 60 plus years. And are these students mostly from different parts of Asia or Southeast Asia? Or are these like from all over the world? Personally, I don't see that many Americans like US people. They're mainly like Europeans or like other Asian countries or the UK because it's a British school. So lots of UK people, Australia. But most people, like I said before, they're like half. They're like half Asian and then like half European usually. You know, thinking about all these people that you met from different countries, do you see more similarities or differences between the people you've met? I think that because a lot of people are part Asian, they they still have this like Asian mindset and like a more traditional view on things like mannerisms and stuff will believe kind of similar things. But also like different perspectives from people from different parts of the world. They think differently. They kind of behave more openly because I feel like Asian people are more constricted in their mannerisms and the way they express opinions and stuff. Yeah, I think being in an environment where people have different perspectives, it's really interesting when we talk about different things within classes as well. So you would say that the main difference is like the people's mentalities? Yeah, I think so. That's super cool. And I bet like conversations that you've had with people from different countries, like it they can get really controversial, but like in a kind of a good way. Yeah. Like learn from each other. That's amazing. What's funny is I, having talked to you, I'm actually thinking about it now that it's actually pretty interesting that I'm in a school. It's people from so many different countries. I think a lot of people just take it for granted because it's been like this ever since I went to school. Mm-hmm. So it's really normal to me. But seeing how surprised you are <laughs> makes me reconsider. Well, it's not really surprise. It's just jealousy. <laughs> like, I've yeah. Inter- yeah, like I've interviewed people from, you know, Turkey, Ecuador, Argentina, France, and like they all they all attend international schools. Mm-hmm. So like I'm aware of yeah. communities, like diverse communities, but I'm still jealous. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, when they hear about Thailand, they kind of immediately think that it's 
not that modernized, but I feel like it actually is quite modernized. Like some parts, some parts of the country are less modern and more traditional, but there are a lot of parts that are pretty modern in terms of architecture and everything. Oh yeah. I've heard Bangkok yeah. is beautiful. The city. Well, <laughs> wait, what's wrong? It's okay, but there's not all parts are nice. Like the temples, you know, with the skyscrapers, it's gorgeous. And like, wait, what are those called? I was in one of them in China also. It's like the motorcycles with like speeding oh, in the back. Yeah, the tuk-tuks. Yes, tuk-tuks. Yeah. Okay. I saw like a picture like with a sunset and like a, the temple and a tuk-tuk <laughs> and with like street vendors on the sides of the streets. And I'm like, wow, the aesthetics, honestly. <laughs> you should come. No, I, I would love to go to Thailand and also Thai food. Oh my God. I can't wait to get to the Thai food questions. Do you see a lot of young people advocating for peace and less conflict in Thailand? A lot of protests are definitely happening nowadays. I think mo- mainly about the government and monarchy stuff. So like more political views, people are standing up. A lot of people are. There was a time, I think last year, when COVID was really bad in our country, I think, and they were kind of protesting about the, how the government is handling things. So a lot of young people went out and a lot of people also went out for the monarchy kind of conflicting views there. There were so many people, it was broadcasted all over the news and stuff. And it was a big thing. When was that main protest that was like really publicized? I think it was last year, like sometime last year when people were kind of, there were like mixed perspectives on it because It was during COVID time. So a lot of people were like, why are you protesting now? When like, there's just going to be more cases and stuff. But a lot of young people were like, why should we care if our country is not doing well? And they want to kind of speak for their rights. So a lot of people did go out and they were all protesting, started a whole big movement. Wow. How can young people help spread awareness to advocate for peace in Thailand? I think sparking conversation is a big thing. So like the different protests, they were done to spark conversation between people and to kind of get people to be aware that these problems are happening and that we need to kind of act now if we want to make a change. So for me personally, I don't think I would go out to protest, but I've been advocating for things through like raising awareness through making posts and stuff like that I think and within my school community we kind of try to spark conversation within our community yeah I think educating people and raising awareness there are things that can often be overlooked or seen as like not as impactful but I think if we are able to raise awareness and educate once people have this clear understanding of like the different conflicts and the impacts it can have on people that's when we can come together to start making a change that was very powerful by the way <laughs> the way you were talking about that and like making a change I think I've been writing too many college essays <laughs> no that was that was great All right, you want to get to the food questions? Sure. I'm really excited about these because to be honest, like being in the US, I've gone to Thai restaurants. I guess the only things that come to mind, at least for me, are Pad Thai, Pad CU, and peanuts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and and like mango sticky rice. Yeah. I mean, those are the main things like here, or at least tourists just really like it, so... Well, the first question is, what are the most popular dishes in Thailand? Or like, is there a national dish? 
I think the national dish is pad thai, or like the most popular dish is pad thai, because like both locals and tourists like it. So I think it has been like crowned the national dish, but I don't think there's like an actual like national dish. Okay. Do you think you could explain what pad thai is? I personally don't really like pad thai that much. <laughs> Wait, what? I mean, it's okay, but like. It wouldn't be my go-to order. So rice noodles, I think they're flat rice noodles, and there's you can choose between different things. So there's like prawn, and then there's this mixture of savory, sweet, and sour taste. I'd say, like a lot of Thai foods are like this. There's a mixture between different tastes, and there's some different vegetables that they put in. I'm bad at describing this. Maybe don't include it. I think you're doing okay. How do you describe pad thai? Like rice noodles with vegetables and sauce. What is your favorite Thai dish? Um, my favorite Thai dish is fried rice. It's very basic and simple, but it's really good. I just had fried rice just now before this interview. Very yes. nice. And what was in that fried rice that you were just eating? So it's just rice, eggs, and pork, and. I think in lots of Thai food, they have like a little bit of vegetables just around the top, kind of for decoration and a little bit of taste. But yeah, pretty basic. And then some um, soy sauce. Nice. You were talking about how it's it was super simple. Would you say that like most Thai dishes don't really have that many ingredients in, in like cuisine? I think they have a lot of taste. I feel like because there's different like spices you can use and different sauces. I'm not sure if every other culture kind of uses, but we have like a range of different sauces, and it gives different tastes. I think to Western foods. I think Western foods use a lot of like salt and pepper type of thing, but we kind of use more of like soy sauce to give a different taste and sugar. Okay, okay. It's funny because you know you're exactly right regarding <laughs> Westernized dishes, or at least dishes in the U.S. containing like only salt and pepper. <laughs> well, I think that's a good thing because my dad likes to watch like Gordon Ramsay and stuff, and he said like the main ingredients are like salt and pepper, and that's <laughs> all you need to make a good dish. So my dad's been doing that when he cooks. He always uses salt and pepper, and he's like, I guess it's interesting because like here in the U.S. in other Thai restaurants that I've been to. I guess the stereotype is that Thai food is extremely spicy, like spiciest in the mm -hmm. world. Would you say that's true? Like a lot of dishes are spicy. A lot of dishes are spicy, but you can always say like no spice or just a little bit of spice. But yeah. even if you say a little bit of spice, they'll still give you a lot of spice. So like personally, I can't really eat that much spice. So I'll say like um, no spice or like to. Keep it separate and then I'll put it in myself. As someone who's Thai, do you get any weird looks? Of, Why can't you handle spice or like in restaurants? <laughs> kind of. They're just like, oh, it's not that spicy. You'll be fine or something. <laughs> and then I think it doesn't really matter. Like they don't really care if you don't eat a lot of spice. But a lot of foods are spicy. I think mostly like Southern foods though. Like, oh, okay. I went to this restaurant. It was like a Michelin restaurant for Southern Thai food, and it was really spicy. Like it was known as like a really spicy restaurant, so I knew beforehand that I was going into this. So I told them like very little spice, but it was still like spicy. Oh no! 
Yeah, we, but like, were you yeah. still able to like enjoy the meal and everything? Yeah, it was still really good. Okay. They give me like ice cream or like this thing to <laughs> help like lessen the pain. But yeah, it was really gotcha. good. So you bring up how Southern Thai cuisine is different from like Northern Thai cuisine. Would you say mm-hmm. that like dishes vary on the region? Yeah, dishes do vary on the region. And I think Pad Thai and like fried rice or like sticky rice and like those dishes that we have every day, they're kind of middle. They're not really like Northern or Southern, but the Northern and Southern foods, they have their own cuisine. Do you have like a special dish or family recipe that gives you like good memories or a good story? Well, I really like the food that my grandma makes. Like she makes foods that combine, because I'm kind of Thai Chinese. There's a lot of people who are Thai Chinese, like Chinese and blood and stuff. My grandparents were originally kind of from China, their ancestors and stuff. So my grandma makes food that's kind of Thai Chinese blended into each other. So it's not like super Thai, but not super Chinese. So I really like that specific taste. And she she's trying to teach me how to make these dishes. So I think something very memorable is when we kind of gather around together and she kind of teaches me how to make things. I love that. <laughs> and what kind of dishes does she try to teach you? So like a lot of the foods, it's usually rice dishes with soup. The soup, it's really good. So I I, I never know how to make it, but... They're kind of very basic. So they'll be like pork. You'll like, um, I don't know how to cook, but you boil like the pork with water to get that nice pork smell. And then you'll add in the different ingredients, soy sauces, basically anything can become soup. Like my grandma just mixes lots of things together and she makes different soups every day. So would you say that soup kind of gives you like, gives you like memories of like your grandmother? And yeah, like, that's super because sp- I think the soups that you're familiar to and what I'm familiar to, it might not be the same because a lot of like more Western soups, they have like cream in them, I think. Yeah, but I'm not sure. There are like, you know, tomato soup is like very. Yeah, creamy. tomato soup, corn soup that type of thing like clam chowder also that's a huge thing in the u.s Mm -hmm. although it's interesting because you know if you see the costa rica flag in the back Mm -hmm. that's that's where my grandmother's from and Mm -hmm. in costa rica there's this dish called olla de carne which is like a meat soup and it has like a bunch of vegetables and Mm -hmm. and beef and even oxtail like well it's like oxtail soup mix i don't know if you're Mm -hmm. supposed to use actual oxtail or my family's just lazy (laughs) but I mean, honestly, my mother would make soups similar to that, like all the time. So I kind of think it's cool. Like I have different types of soups that yeah. I have. Yeah. The soups are like clear soups. They're like light soups. That's super cool. Do you think that these soups that you have with your family, would you say that you see both Thai and Chinese influence? Yeah. The ingredients are really similar. Again, like soy sauce a bit of salt maybe some pepper it's very simple but like it gives good taste they'll boil it for a really long time like Mm. with meat to give that smell and like boil it with vegetables and stuff so it's mainly like natural ingredients that give it the smell and taste gotcha okay hey natural ingredients always make dishes better gonna say that so do you have any like variations of popular dishes that your family adds a nice twist on i mean i know you were talking about how your grandparents have chinese ancestors so would you say that that's what makes your family dishes like so different or like 
really good? I think so. Because let's say like a regular fried rice, it would have a couple of vegetables and stuff. And then they'll put, how do I explain this to you in a good way? In my grandma's dishes, she'll usually just have like carrots and stuff mixed together instead of like adding tomato and all of the different ingredients. So it gives a different taste, I think. Do you think that they're missing the flavors of like the other vegetables or not really? I personally don't think so. It just gives a different taste because I like fried rices and I've kind of had fried rices across so many different restaurants. Every restaurant has a different taste. Like that's my take on it. When I was younger, I used to rank fried rices according to their taste. Honestly, like when I come to Thailand, I'm just going to ask you, hey, where do you get the best fried rice? And I'm willing to bet it's going to be the best fried rice in all of Bangkok. What's your criteria on fried rice? Like what makes such a good fried rice? A little sweet, but not too sweet. There's just like this perfect taste. So when you eat it, you kind of know that this is like a good one. Even the color variations, they're like darker than each other. And then you'll know that, oh, they put in more soy sauce or like less. I don't really like fried rices where they put a lot of vegetables in it because I feel like it ruins the taste. But hey, I think that's really cool to think about. And then like, you'll see how just different restaurants make it. And then I guess you can see that like those recipes come from different families and those families have such different ways of making fried rice. I think it's Mm -hmm. amazing. What are some dishes from your country that like when I traveled there, like I couldn't miss? I would have said fried rice. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But let's give some more variations. So I think, do you know Patgrapao? No, I don't know. That's something that you should try. It's like rice with pork, but there's this specific like vegetable that goes with it. And it's called Gapao. I'm pretty sure there's an English word. Oh, it's such a simple word. It's basil. (laughs) I mean, it's it's a again. What is it? Is it a... It's an herb. So it's basically a rice dish with minced pork and basil. It gives a very significant taste. And there's a smell coming from the basil that's like kind of manipulated in a Thai way, which makes the dish really unique. So I think that's something you should try. It's also quite spicy. So if you don't eat spice, then you can lower the spice. That and I also really like sticky rice and fried chicken. Ooh, fried chicken. Would you say... Well, it's interesting because, you know, I was actually interviewing one of my friends from Korea and he was- Different fried chicken. Could you like describe the fried chicken in Thailand? Uh, The fried chicken in like Korea, it's more crispy, kind of like KFC inspired type of fried chicken. But then in Thailand, the skin is crispy, but it's not, it's not that kind of crispy. So like- battered? Yeah, it's like more, it's just the chicken skin and that'll be like, slightly crispy but it's not flaky so i think the chicken wings and sticky rice is a good dish that you should try as well how do you call the chicken if it's not fried like it's just grilled seared yeah kind of grilled just grilled chicken you can also have grilled chicken with sticky rice so there are different variations that you can choose from okay and you know thinking about it now like when you said that a lot of Thai dishes are fried. Is the Thai diet like not super healthy? It's not super healthy, but nowadays a lot more people are becoming like health conscious. My family eats pretty healthy. My mom doesn't really like eating rice, bread, and like carbs. <laughs> so do you know like rice berry? It's like this rice that's no. healthy kind of rice. 
So there's white rice, which is the basic rice. Yeah. I know about white rice, brown rice, and wild rice. Yeah. I don't know any of them. <laughs> so there's brown rice, which is like the rice that my family usually eats. I don't really like it. It's healthy. So like rice berry, it's kind of that rice, but a purplish version of it. Okay. And it's supposed to be healthier with more like nutrients. Oh, wow. It's like a really like dark color is it naturally purple i think so i mean it gives a beautiful color though is it like very common in thailand it's quite common in the supermarkets and stuff where they sell rice there's just all of these rice variations that you can get because yeah rice is a really big thing here every dish has rice in it and then nowadays in restaurants you can ask for either this rice like the rice berry so they've been offering these variations more Shows that people are becoming more health conscious, I think. Hey, that's pretty awesome. And which type of rice do you prefer? I prefer the white rice. I think it's better, (laughs) in my opinion, in terms of taste and like everything. But even sticky rice, they can make sticky rice with this like um, rice berry rice as well. So sometimes when you're eating sticky rice, it gives a more crunchy feel, which is sometimes good as well. What would you say food means for Thai culture? I think food is important, but I think it's more of like forming connections with other people. Family dinners, that's when like you converse, like after a busy day, everybody just comes together to like eat and then enjoy the food. And Thai food is often shared. They'll have a lot of condiments and stuff put in the middle and you kind of share the food so you get to have these interactions not only with your family but also when you're eating with your friends or like other people so I think it's a way to get to form more bonds and relationships with other people through food and would you say that Thai culture is very like family oriented like family is important in Thailand yeah people often have really big families extended families in my house there's just me and my parents that's like my family but then I have different cousins and stuff as well and we kind of live in the same like area my grandparents and my aunts and uncles were kind of all near each other so a lot of families also live together in like a big house I think that's the way it goes nice would you say that's common in Thailand for extended families to live in the same area of a city I think so they're often very close. So they'll either live in the same area or like in one big house with like everyone together. So again, that brings it back to the dinner time thing and how everybody's living separately, but then you come together for like a big family dinner and stuff. What dish or food makes you feel like a sense of home or like a sense of comfort? Mm-hmm. So I think for me, boiled rice. I don't know if you guys have boiled rice, but like Usually we boil rice with different condiments and different meat. So like you can have boiled rice with fish, boiled rice with pork. It's another simple dish, but after like a long day or something, and I just want something that feels warm and comforting, I'll have some boiled rice. Easy to make and just good to eat. And I think because I eat boiled rice every morning, and I've been doing this since like I was born pretty much. So it's like a big comfort to me. That's amazing. Is it like a common dish to eat in breakfast? Yeah, it's a common breakfast dish. So people either have like congee type of dishes or just boiled rice. Yeah, Yeah, I've heard of it as as like congee. In China, that was the the thing that I had like a couple times for breakfast. Uh It was like congee. And 
like really really watered down rice yeah okay so you can have that or like the thai version sometimes they'll make like regular rice and mm-hmm. soup separately and then I'll, they'll just mix it together oh okay it's a way of consuming it as well or just making boiled rice and in general where it's more it's less watered down than like the congee so it's still like rice there's still a rice texture to it or you can have congee okay and which one do you prefer like the the rice texture or the congee i like the rice texture i like it when they make things separately and then they mix it together because i kind of like the rice feel and the texture of rice yeah yeah i get that and do you just eat it by itself or will you add would you have it with like maybe piece of meat like some pork Mm -hmm. or fish so you can either like boil it together so within the soup they'll boil like pork or fish within the soup or you can just boil the rice separately and it's just plain rice so it'll be just like rice and water and then you'll eat it with different dishes like fried egg or like something like that nice nice yeah fried oh my god okay so this is a big thing that I used to do, at least ever since I was into cooking. I used to be very picky and not eat everything. My entire life, I would always eat rice with an egg on top. And like yes. rice eggs was like I love that. such a huge part of like what I would eat. And in Costa Rica, we have this dish called gallo pinto, which is rice and beans with an egg on top. So it's like literally <laughs> rice, beans, and eggs. That's the national. I just have rice with egg as well. The egg is kind of like an omelet, but it's like a Thai styled omelet. Okay, it's not like a sunny side up egg where like you can like cut into the yolk and it just runs like all over the rice and like you can cover the rice with the egg yolk. Yeah, it's not that egg, but we do have that as well. Usually we eat that type of egg, like a fried egg with fried rice, like they'll put it on top. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Or or they have it with the pat grappa, like the basil dish I was telling you about before as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that fried egg kind of goes with everything, but there's like a specific dish where it's like this omelet styled egg with rice. It's gotcha. called kao kai deal, which is just rice and egg. Omelet, Wait, can you omelet. say it one more time? Kao kai deal. Kao kai deal. Yes, that's good. Okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> it's such a simple dish, though. People will be like, why are you going out to eat that? Like, you can just make it at home. So, like, there's places where, like, they sell it and you can just go and buy it? Yeah, like, in every restaurant, they usually have it. But, like, nobody orders it because it's such a simple dish. Like, yeah. sometimes I want to order it and my parents are like, we can just make it at home. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. Have you found that like the homemade version is better than the ones at restaurants or the ones at restaurants are better than at home? I don't think you can really go wrong with an omelet, but I'd say the ones at home are better because they're suited to my taste. Or like the ones I make, I like the ones that I make. Yes. <laughs> Candy Only thing I know how to make. <laughs> well, I'm very curious about like this Thai omelet. So is it different from like a French omelet or? Yeah, it- they're both called omelets, but it has, it's very different. Like a omelet, like an English omelet, it's more like creamy and buttery and there's this like richer taste to it or like it's very soft. Whereas the Thai omelet is more like oily, I'd say, or like crispy. And there's a more juicy, like savory taste to it. It's, it's like not like folded. the usual omelet you'd see. It's like just splattered. Man, just Thai food overall is amazing. Uh, you okay. should come visit and then we can eat. Yes, we can totally eat. How do you say let's eat in Thai? Bacon gun. Bacon gun? <laughs> that job. sounds like bacon. 
the second to last question, if someone was going to Thailand for vacation, where would you recommend them to go? Um, well, a lot of people want to go to the beaches. It's a lot more interesting. So I'd say go to like Hua Hin. It's a very basic beach, but it's really nice. I go there often when I go to vacation. But actually, I also like, okay, I'm going to tell you many different places. So Hua Hin is good for the beaches. I think Samui is good as well for beaches. But then there's Khao Yai as well. And that means big mountain. It literally translates to big mountain in English. It's kind of the other side. So you'll be in the mountains and the weather is nicer up there. It's more foresty. And then I'd say just come to Bangkok as well. You get to see like a whole mixture of different things. Hey, that's awesome. You know, I love big city and like checking mm-hmm. out to see the nature. So like those Mount Khao Yai. Yes. Like big mountain, like the mountains that those mountains, I bet are gorgeous. And then of course the beaches in Thailand are great. Would you say that Phuket is worth visiting or do you think is overrated? Um, I've never actually been there, which is a shame. <laughs> but I go to the same places all the time. So I've never actually <laughs> no, been no, there. You're, but no, you're great representation for Thailand. Yes, you should definitely go there. <laughs> a lot of people love it <laughs> from what I've heard. And the beaches are really nice. Awesome. So you would recommend going to the mountains, forest, Bangkok, and Phuket? Yeah. Okay, wait. So I have one very, very last question to ask. I want you to imagine yourself encountering someone who has never, ever heard of Thailand. If you could tell them one thing about Thailand, what would you tell them? I tell them that it's very diverse in terms of culture and people that you'll meet here. So I think it's something that's very unexpected that we have kind of both this traditional culture and a modernized culture. So I'd say it's kind of a bridge between the two worlds. If you come to Thailand, you'll get to see um, a mixture between nature and kind of more modern civilization, but also like traditionalistic views and culture. So you'll be in the middle of everything and you'll get a glimpse of our whole culture and what it is to be Thai. That was really, really cool to hear. And like talking about the, like how different and diverse the land is. And then you're talking about like the, the big cities and the nature. Thailand's got it all. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely come. Yes. All right, Candy. Well, Thank you so much for doing this with me. I had so much fun learning Thank more about you. the country and the, and the cuisine and everything, being informed about conflict happening there. This is fun for me too. Could you teach me like how to say thank you for doing this interview with me? I'll teach you how to say thank you. I think that's hard enough. Kop krap. Kop krap. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because like in Thai, there's this thing where like men say men speak in this way and women speak in a different way because it's it's just the last word. So like women would say ka and then men would say krap. But wait, so to say thank you, it's kop kun. Kop kun krap. Yes. Kop kun krap. Candy, kop kun krap for doing this with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good job. Thank you for listening to my Global Youth's Perspective podcast. My goal is to share insight into the lives and cultures of my friends around the world, and hopefully we can listen to each other, bridge our differences, and make this world a better place.